Hello and welcome to An Unconventional Teacher. I'm your host, John Hinthorn. Our podcast explores the unconventional methods that make our classrooms and educators great. We hope to uncover why it is that the unconventional ways of yesterday are now becoming the conventional ways of today. We have a bunch of exciting ways for you to support our growing community of unapologetically unconventional educators. They can all be found in our show notes and on social media. Thank you for being here. And a very special thanks to all those who donate to our show and work to make this Pay It Forward project possible. If you're a listener and you're coming back for more episodes, thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time listening, we are so glad you're here. Our incredible episode today is with Don Dola. He's a newly retired French teacher, an inspiration to me and thousands of folks across the world of language teachers. He has trained so many folks at so many conferences, and he continues to do so even though he is a retired teacher. In 2015, he became the California Language Teacher of the Year. Currently, now that he's not teaching, he's still mentoring and guiding young teachers through a couple programs. He is an inspiration. Folks, we are so glad you're here. Now let's begin. All right. Welcome back to another super exciting episode of An Unconventional Teacher. Folks, you have to settle in here. We have one of the most incredible world language teachers that I've gotten a chance to meet. Um, You are newly retired. Um, You were a French teacher up in Napa and kind of Northern California area. Um, You have inspired thousands of world language teachers and you continue to do that, which is incredible. Uh, I think among your accolades, which are many, 2015, you were the California Language Teacher of the Year. Congratulations on that. That was absolutely amazing. And um, I personally have gotten a chance to be in two of your trainings. Um, They were had many people in them. So I don't expect that you would ever remember me in there. I was sitting kind of front row and and, uh, salivating over what you were talking about. And um, your your methodology that you were training on is this idea of project based language learning that you're taking PBL project based learning and um, in integrating the world language standards and all the things that we love doing as world language teachers into that awesome methodology. So that's one of the things that you do. Thank you for being here, Don. Uh, Don. We're going to start in with what inspired you to teach, what inspires you to continue to teach teachers. Um, and uh, if there's anything in your intro that I forgot, will you fill that in for us? I would be happy to. Thanks, John. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to chat with you. So let's dive right in. Uh, what inspires me to teach? I grew up in a challenging family. I'll just leave it at that. But I really connected with my teachers in high school and a couple of them in particular who my French teacher who, who understood um, that I was going through challenging things at home and pulled me aside and said, I'll work with you. If you work with me, we're getting you to college. Your best way to move on is to get a good education. Uh, that was the best deal I ever heard of. And I had never heard of college she wanted me to go to, but I thought, fine, yeah, she wanted me to go to Berkeley. <laughs> so she set the bar pretty high. That is a high bar. Not really knowing it, but she... Um, she really supported me and I did go to Berkeley, um, mm-hmm. thanks to her. So I'm indebted to her for that. And then a, a couple other teachers who were married, a co- married couple at my school, lived about three blocks away and, and invited me to be able to come to their place when needed. So mm-hmm. my sister went to a friend's house and I went there and, um, 
and they influenced me very deeply. I realized that being a teacher was a worthwhile thing. They inspired me to want to be a teacher. And like you, I, I wanted to pay it forward. So I knew right from high school I wanted to teach. And I decided to teach what I knew best, which was French. It's my first language. And it's also um, what I excelled at. So that's, that's the bottom line. That's why I spent 36 years teaching high school. 36 years. Yes. Um, you usually hear 28, 29, maybe 30 as a mark of, uh, of excellence. You went, you went to 36 um, years. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thanks. Um, I enjoyed every minute. Well, yeah. maybe not every minute, but most every minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, exactly. I think we need to be real, right? This profession, yeah. especially now. Um, I don't know if you're talking to any any pre-service or, or mm-hmm. folks that are in there right now, but we're not all good. <laughs> you know, this is not an easy time for us as we're hybrid or virtual learning. We all feel like, well, I won't speak for everyone, but uh, most of the folks that I'm talking with feel like we're first-year teachers again. Um, we're going to jump right in, Don. Uh, when you were teaching or when you're coaching teachers, uh, what have you found in terms of your pedagogy, your methodology, um, just your psyche as a teacher to be unconventional? Well, there were two things about teaching that I did not like, that I wanted to solve. I knew I couldn't solve the politics of education, so I referred a couple moments ago to things I didn't like. Well. The politics of ed was certainly one, but you can't change that. That's always going to be there. But in terms of working with kids, uh, teens in particular, what I didn't like was apathy and checking bad work. Mm -hmm. And so I said, that's something I can do something about. So I did some research and, and I decided to work on how I could do project based language learning. That's how Mm -hmm. I got started with it. Um, as a result uh, of doing research out there, I didn't find anybody posting anything about languages, uh, Hmm. PL for languages. And so I just started posting. That's how I got involved with Edutopia for one, and with the um, University of Hawaii National Foreign Language Resource Center, because they later got a grant and started working on that, and I wound up working with them a bit. It's been a joy working with them. So project-based language learning helped me solve those two problems. Mm -hmm. I found that doing an inquiry-based approach engaged students so that the apathy tended to go away. Kids were more interested, more engaged, because they had more control over what they were doing and what they wanted to explore and learn. And the creativity involved in particular allowed for them to, to use skills that they had or wanted to develop to um, explore while also then learning language and culture. Right. So apathy went went away. I mean, I had kids who would fail, but they'd still fail some classes, but they would still come to my class, uh, not because of me, but because they could could pursue these things. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, creating bad work thing, you know, the, the thing is I used to, do like the teachers I had in high school, fix students' work and correct it, you know, that kind of thing. And I took that 
well when I was in school because I wanted that kind of feedback from my teachers. But most kids don't want to be told, this is wrong, that's wrong, the next thing is wrong. They want to know what they're doing right. Right. And, and how to do better. And so with PBLL, I found ways to coach teachers and facilitate them doing greater inquiry to improve their own skills um, and to collaborate in doing so. And I, uh, rather than, than standing up front and kind of guiding the orchestra, if you will, I became what I used to say, like a shark in the tank, constantly moving around the room, yes. going from one group to the other, uh, checking in with kids. And I would speak only French, uh -huh. but make it comprehensible guide them along the way, point them in directions where they could find answers, and um, give them formative feedback that helped them to improve. So that by the time I got their projects at the end, or the products that they were creating, and so on, they were, they had practiced enough to produce really good work. That's great. I saw, I found also then that my, my program grew. We needed a second French teacher. Oh, great problem. Always, it always needed a second French teacher um, as a result, too. Well, that's fantastic. And all, all of those reasons, plus probably another hundred um, or so, I'm sure, if we really drill down on project-based learning, project-based uh, language learning, there are a ton of different methods and different um, activities and different things yes. that you share with us in those trainings. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your connections to the authentic French world? How did you connect your students to the, to the uh, French world to make your projects authentic? Well, being a native speaker myself, um, though I grew up in California, my family came from Quebec. Mm -hmm. So I had connection to a wealth of French Canadian background, but I also have family in France that I have found and um, traveled to Senegal. I lived there for a summer mm -hmm. uh, and lived in France for four years, traveled to Monaco, Switzerland, and so on and bringing in things from those countries into the room actual things on the walls and on tables that kids could go explore yes. and pick up and touch and feel but we would connect um i always connected kids to the francophone world by using authentic resources mm -hmm. multimedia whatever the theme was for the unit we brought in video uh, fiction and non-fiction texts, uh, audio, music, anything, poetry, mm. and on and on. And I tried to have kids always have uh, the opportunity to do inquiry into cultural aspects uh, in the projects. Right. So, for example, um, one of my favorite projects, this really touches on your third question, actually, so I'll make Sure, we can move on. there if you if you want. Yeah, the, our third question is tell us a story, so why don't we just... So I'll tell you a story there. to illustrate yeah. this notion. Um, I have a friend who's a nurse and goes to Haiti every year, a couple times a year to into the same community year every year since the earthquake of 2010. And I asked her if she had come across a school there, if she knew somebody who taught French, 
And she did, actually. She put us in touch with one another and turned out that we really became kindred spirit, corresponding one to another. His students were Creole speakers learning French, and my mm -hmm. students are English and Spanish-speaking students, about half and half, learning French. And so um, we decided to pair our third year, my third year class, with his intermediate level students. We set up groups. We used Edmodo to make small groups that could correspond to e with each other. So there were a few students from my class and a few students from his class in a group in Edmodo. Wow. Um, the two of us, the teachers for the class, all the small groups in that one group, so that we had a means of safe communication. Mm -hmm. And kids, kids would write to each other um, about all kinds of things. They were just curious. <laughs> they wanted to, whether it was regarding the project they were doing or not, they wanted to engage one with another. And they yeah. started asking each other, how do you say this? How do you, what's it like where you are? Oh, wow. And they asked, can we do a project on this, that, and the next thing? We <laughs> said several projects jointly with them before doing the ultimate project that we did. Uh, they wanted to learn about each other's communities. And so they made videos um, in French, of course, mm -hmm. of their communities and the things they do, their school life, and sent them to each other. Uh, and they had to build these films and direct them and, and, and on and on, edit the software. Very project-aligned. Right. And of course, I was thrilled because they were wanting to do this intrinsically. Wow. So often in PBLL, you have kids come up with the best ideas, um, and I, I'm happy to have them just turn it over to them to say, hey, let's do a project on this. Yes. I'm happy because I'm getting them to learn the language, and they're happy because they're able to explore what they want. Well, ultimately what happened was um, we, the teacher in Haiti and myself, we wanted our students to write some storybooks together. Mm -hmm. They had lost their library, their school library, in the earthquake. So what we did is have each group write a children's storybook. Mm. And so they created the storyline. We made uh, graphic organizers and developed several tools to help them create the stories. Started with character development, plot, all that. They learned everything about how a story goes together in French. And then, of course, they right. had to elaborate the story, include narration and dialogue, and how do you say this, and how do you say that? Yes. And as you said earlier, when they wanted to be able to talk in past time frames, then I needed to do a workshop on, okay, here's some sentences in past time. Right. Let's look at them. And I didn't teach direct grammar. I taught inductively. Mm -hmm. I asked them to be language anthropologists, if you will. Oh, nice. To look at several sentences and tell me what they observe about how the language is behaving. And as a result, then, they learned how to communicate in passé composé, imparfait, mm -hmm. over time by looking at how the language behaves um, implicitly implicitly rather than me saying okay this is how you conjugate the verb and so on well you know we didn't need to do that we had sentence frames and starters to guide them and i always had word walls where 
new words we learn, we put on a post-it and tack it up on the wall. It's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wanted to when they realized how the how the passé composé worked, for example. Then I put a chart up on right. the wall with the steps so they could refer to it. But it wasn't that they needed to learn conjugation; it's that they needed to understand the pattern. Mm-hmm. The patterns of language. This is how we actually learn language. We imitate the patterns. Initially, right. Right? Every little mm-hmm. kid learning English learns that you put ED on a verb to make it past. So they right. go around and they say, I speak it to him. I doed it. <laughs> right. You all understand what they're doing. I have a two-year-old that's starting to do that type of thing. <laughs> there you go. So they start, they get the pattern first, and then they realize their exceptions, and they learn those along the way. So right. I tried to give students the opportunity to explore the language and imitate it, learn those patterns, and then gradually over time fix their exceptions. Well, they did that deeply and beautifully with writing these storybooks. So in the end, we wound up each group making a book. We were lucky to get a grant to have them printed. Mm. Um, we had a set enough to buy a set to have for our classroom mm-hmm. and a set to send to Haiti. Well, the students in Haiti um, decided on their own to do something, a surprise for us. They took the books, once they received them, to um, an elementary classroom and they sat down with the little kids and read stories. Uh, and they filmed, they filmed themselves reading the stories to the kids and the little kids getting excited about the stories. When we received those videos, my kids were in tears thinking, uh. oh my gosh, I can't believe that we did this. So they, you know, the, the readers won't last forever. They're just paper. But the memory of what they did will stay with them forever. Uh, what so a beautiful thing. That, that to me says it all. That's the capstone of my career projects like that um are amazing yes okay. yes kids students, lives. students so. changing their lives exactly i was just gonna say that being changed by a classroom a french classroom a world language classroom um a, a teacher uh, who is willing to go above and beyond uh, his duty uh, yourself and and connect with a haitian teacher connect with a, a school connect with students um, and and create that platform right build that bridge so that then your students can cross it because if we don't build the bridge we don't take the chance that's the whole point of this podcast yeah. then our students are stuck with the textbook and maybe a few youtube videos along the way yes. um, which are great and our students do okay but can they do more can they do better can you deepen the learning don this has been incredible i want to thank you on the behalf of our uh the folks that work on this program and all of our listeners um thank you for your career 36 years thank you for continuing to give back to our our teacher group both pre-service and currently in um in schools we we thank you from the bottom of our heart and thank you for giving us a little window into what made your classroom unconventional and great is there anything you want to leave our listeners with as we part ways i appreciate the opportunity for the chat and sharing some ideas hopefully they'll be of help to somebody uh, i want everybody to just explore themselves their own gifts and talents and abilities and just love their kids and the most important thing to me was 
first you love your kids, have that relationship with kids. Right. Of course, it's teacher-student. It's not some weird thing, but mm-hmm. you just you have to love kids. And, I love it. Uh, and then once you once they know that, then you can teach them anything, especially when you give them the opportunity to have control over some of it in their own way. Mm-hmm. We still get out of them what we want, but ultimately we get so much more. Yes. It's been a joy to um, have been a teacher. Truly beautiful. Beautiful. Well, you, you touched my life. I actually uh, borrowed your project. I'll leave our listeners with this of creating a, a book um, for actual humans. Um, and uh, maybe I'll tell you about that offline and, I'll, and, um, and that sort of thing. So thank you for inspiring me. Um, thank you for, for inspiring thousands of other teachers and students along the way. Uh, we hope you have a great 2021 amidst all this kind of craziness still going on yeah. and are staying safe and, uh, and be well. Thanks, Don. Thank you. Thanks so much, John. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to anunconventionalteacher at gmail.com and we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at an unconventional teacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.